Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, guys, welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast. As always, presented by our friends over at Scentlock, they have in my opinion, one of the most complete lines of clothing that you can get that'll carry you all the way from late season uh, or all the way from early season into the late season and never miss a day in between. And with carbon technology uh, to kill all the odor, they'll keep you, they'll give you more successful days in the field as well. So guys, guys go check out our friends over at Scentlock. I've got a good friend of mine on a, uh, He's been on the show before, so he's a familiar voice. We've got Dave from Bowhunter Planet. Dave, how are you, man? Hey, how you doing? Man, I am absolutely itching. Um, by the time this episode airs, I will be um, in Missouri hunting, and so I couldn't be better, man. <laughs> That's always the best, you know? Like, getting ready for any hunt is always the best, especially when you gear up and start practicing. That's like the... It's just so much to it. I love it. You know, just getting that preparation order and planning. There's just, it's just such a fun way to do it. Oh, it is, man. I saw a, a post today that, um, I found comical, but at the same time, I'm like, man, this needs to be discussed more in depth. Um, it said, don't be shooting the week before season like you're cramming for a test. And, <laughs> and I snickered, but I was like, you know, that's true. A lot of dudes don't shoot their bows all year long, and then three days before season, they get out and try to get reps in like they're going to get super ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's not a good idea to push it like that. It only can only be bad things happen from that. You know, you got you got to get ahead of that. And I'll tell you that one of the biggest issues and working in a bow shop for a couple of years um, in college, I learned this the hard way. Is you know you've got dudes running in two days before season, and they're like, "Oh, I blew my bow up. Can you fix it?" And I'm like it's pretty apparent you haven't shot this thing all year. Like that's the problem is if there's something wrong with your bow and you wait till two, two days before season to figure it out and now it's too late, you know? And these guys are like, I need new strings put on my bow in the next seven hours so I can go hunt. I'm like, dude, sorry, you ain't hunting, you know? And, uh, but they expect just go out and, you know, pull your bow out of the closet and everything's going to be okay. Well, you know, strings have, have dried out and, and you don't wax them before you go out and shoot. And, and then you've got guys saying, well, I, I know I didn't dry fire it, so why did it blow up? And I'm like, well, dude, I mean, <laughs> you, your strings dry out and, and you didn't go wax them and you haven't shot it in a year. And, and the last time you hung it up, it, it had rained on your strings and on your bow. And, and then you put it in the closet for for nine months. What did you expect to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's that's one of the things. But, but uh, no, I, I found it comical. But at the same time, I'm like, man, there's a whole lot of truth to that. For sure. Yeah. People, people like to do that last minute. Stuff. I, I, 
I like to get ahead of it, you know, and get just, I like to start shooting months ahead of time, but I go slow. Like I'll shoot, you know, a couple, maybe 20 arrows every other day or something just to try to get prepared for a hunt. But other than that, I try to keep it very simple. Man, I don't, I, I don't ever want to be one of those guys that, that you know, people are like, well, must be nice, you know, but, um, try to shoot my bow every day, every single day of the year. Um, sometimes that's one arrow a day. Sometimes it's a hundred. I mean, just depending on how much time I have, how pretty the weather is, how, you know, how good I'm feeling for the day. But I try to shoot my bow every single day and, uh, it's kind of a personal preference. Um, but if you stay ready, then you don't have to get ready. So that's kind of, uh, yeah. it's kind of my motto and, and, uh, the way I live and, you know, just going out to feed my dog in the morning, I'll just take my bow out and shoot an arrow as I walk out to feed him, you know, and, and, uh, just keep that muscle memory, uh, in tune and, and keep, you know, make sure everything on my bow is good. And, uh, you know, just a few weeks back, I, I went out and, and again, I'd shot every day up until then, but I went out and shot and noticed that there was something wrong with my bow, not nothing detrimental. It took me five minutes to fix, but I was like, praise God, I didn't figure that out in a tree stand, you know, yeah. um, shooting at a deer, uh, thanks, you know, I'm, I'm glad I didn't figure it out then. So, you know, I just, I try to shoot every day, whether it's one arrow or a hundred, but, uh, that's just personal preference, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you, people put, I probably put in around 20, 25 every other day, but that's just me. I, you know, it's to me, it's fun just to let some steam off as well. So just a oh, good time to get out there man. and fire them off, you know? Absolutely. I, you know, and, and without getting too spiritual, I like to start my morning, you know, with stuff I enjoy. Um, so I wake up and I, I read my Bible and I go outside and I drink my coffee and I shoot my bow. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that puts me in the right mindset for the day. Um, yeah. I, I've began my day by doing something I enjoy. And so that's, that's kind of my, my morning ritual. But, uh, um, what do you, what is, what do you got coming up this year? Not, not necessarily bow hunter planet, but what's your hunting seasons look like this year? Oh, we got, um, you know, we have, uh, well, I just had bear season. I just, that's, I, I didn't, it didn't work out, but <laughs> I just went bear hunting in the upper peninsula of Michigan, which was gorgeous. And just one of the most beautiful places that you ever see in a lifetime. It's <clears throat> just an incredible landscape. And, um, so that just went down, unfortunately it didn't go down in my favor, but, uh, that's okay. I actually ended up hunting that with a gun actually. And that's not normal for me, but what I was told is the bears in Michigan are very, um, at least up in that area are very, uh, skittish and it would be pretty much not impossible, but, uh, you know, not, you would not have a good chance with a bow there. So I decided to, um, just go with the gun and try that route. But to be honest, it didn't even matter. I, we couldn't even get a bear in, let alone take a shot. Yeah. So the skittish part was completely honest and, and uh, crazy, but it's okay. I've killed the bear with the bow before in, in, uh, in Canada. So it wasn't a huge deal to me. In fact, I really just enjoyed some of the ORVing, off-roading and just shooting some pistols up there. It was just a really good time walking the, the great outdoors up there is just a beautiful thing. And, uh, in the freedom of the ride, right. You get to cross the, mighty mac that's a it's a suspension bridge that connects the lower and upper peninsula of michigan it's just a five mile just short of five mile span it's just it's just a really cool adventure i guess just the drive alone so very very cool very good time i have uh i've i've wanted to hunt michigan for a while i drove across michigan um a couple years back and and uh, i remember driving across the state and i told my wife i'm like i want to hunt here one day yeah <laughs> <laughs> Michigan's a great place to hunt. It's just, unfortunately, you're not going to get big bucks here, most likely. But um, it does have a lot of great natural resources. There's a lot of turkeys. 
Uh, the state did a great job on conserving turkeys. They don't do a good job on conserving bucks, unfortunately. Uh, each hunter can kill two bucks per year, which has caused the drought in big bucks realistically. Not to get political, but that's kind of what has happened with the Michigan deer. Now, if Michigan had a one buck limit and a four or better on one side or something along those lines, we would have massive bucks here and it'd be a premier place to come. But unfortunately, we can't get that uh, that part fixed up just yet. Maybe eventually, but um, again, uh, we have bears, you know, we have the elk herd, very small um, percentage though, to get like elk tags really hard to hear. Um, they don't have many. So uh, people wait years, 10 plus years to try to get an elk tag, which generally they don't hunt with a bow then because it's, you know, once in a lifetime, you're going to get one shot. <laughs> so generally yeah. they can't, you can't get close. Michigan's a very flat area. So everything's flat here. And so when you hunt, uh, it's a lot of 20, 30 yard pot shots, T tree stands are bit used uh, a lot here, uh, because the deer will see you <clears throat> trying to, you know, creep towards them or whatnot. It's not even like Ohio in Ohio. I've hunted Southern Ohio. You got like all these Hills, uh, rolling Hills really. So in Pennsylvania as well. So those areas make it, I don't want to say easier by any means. It's a different type of workout, right? Going up and down the Hills, but you do get that cover from the, the animals. What's your what's your favorite state to hunt? Uh, for me, it's going to have to be Michigan. I mean, I know it's not big buck territory, but it's just home. And I feel like, you know, when I'm here, I really enjoy it. I've hunted Texas, Ohio, Indiana. Um, I've hunted all over, and they're great states, and, and they're a lot of fun, but they're just not home, and it's a lot different. Don't get me wrong. The deer are a lot bigger in those states uh, than they are here for me. But there's something about being in your hunt camp with your buddies that, you know, it's it's really hard to break that. And, you know, when you go hunt, like I go hunt media hunts or stuff, it's like everybody's great. I mean, everybody in this industry is really nice and all that, but it's not the same, right? You're, 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 it's it's not the same as like hunting with your specific buddies, you know? Yeah. No, uh, man, Texas is up there for me. Like Texas is one of my favorite places to hunt. And uh, I love hunting Texas, but I hate the Longhorns. Um, so as, <laughs> as, a, as a Razorback fan, um, if you're from Texas and you're a, a Longhorn fan, I just want to remind you what happened this past Saturday. Um, so, so I, I've talked a lot about how bad the Razorbacks are on this podcast, but I can, I can now at least boast to my friends in Texas. So, um, but speaking of hunting in Texas, some exciting news. Um, and I can't share too much details, but stay tuned because in the next few weeks, we're going to announce a massive giveaway and you are going to get to hunt with me in Texas at our friends at Texas Hunting Resources. So stay tuned. Um, just a little teaser for the giveaway, but uh, we're going to throw some other stuff in there with that. But uh, me and some lucky winner are going to head to the great state of Texas and and go on a hunt together. So uh, stay tuned for that. Now, um, before we move on, let me give a quick thank you to our new friends, my newest um, sponsor of the podcast. Now, Dave, I don't know about you, but I spend a, a lot of money on a lot of stupid stuff. Um <laughs> And now, for 10 bucks only, um, they're giving a deal for my listeners, $10 only, seasonreport.com. It's a, a website that I stumbled upon, and it has it's changed my mind forever. And here's what it is. Basically, you log in, and you can you know put your county in and what you're hunting and when you're hunting it, and it'll lay everything out that you need as far as point restrictions, as far as season dates you can look at a calendar view and see when bow season opens when gun season opens you know when those two overlap when turkey season opens duck season opens. you can see everything for that county laid out on a calendar you can look at all of the regulations all of the 
orange rules right there in one place for every county across the country. Um, and for 10 bucks only, that's a huge time saver for me because some of these state websites, man, are absolutely junk to get around. So now we have one uniform platform that you can go and look at for every county that you're going to hunt in, all the regulations, all the point restrictions, all the season dates, bag limits, all the good stuff in one place, one easy-to-use platform. So, guys, go check out uh, seasonreport.com and use code HUNTING101, all caps, and you'll get that for 10 bucks a year. It's 10 bucks, and you can plan out your entire year, and you never have to second-guess yourself on regulations. Go check them out. Uh, Dave, what is, what's, awesome. what's coming up from Bill Hunter Planet? <laughs> That sounds awesome, man. Also, where's my Texas invite? I want my invite to go with you. <laughs> Roll out, man. Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, so that sounds cool, though. I, I was going to say real quick before we move on, just uh, one of the things that's really cool you can do for any state you're hunting is is watch the show on Smithsonian called Ariel, Ariel America. And it goes to each state and it talks about like all the history of this, each state in the, in the United States. And so it's kind of cool before you go because it if you want to do some other things while you're hunting, like go check out some historical place, you can learn so much about it uh, from that show. So check that out when you guys get a minute. What was that called again? Aerial America on Smithsonian. Where, where do you watch that? On the Smithsonian channel. So it depends if you know, how you get your, you know, like I have YouTube TV. I can I get Smithsonian with that. If you have, you know, I don't know what kind of cable you got, but usually Smithsonian's on any of them. But it's an incredible Sweet. show, and they go through and show you like. You're talking about football. They go through and talk about how the big house in Michigan's the largest college stadium in the world, or at least in the United States. And they, and every time a, a state tries to make theirs bigger, that U of M makes theirs bigger <laughs> to, to make sure it's like 108,000 people or something can fit in there. It's unbelievable. You know what's insane well, is, and I don't want to get off on football talk, but you've brought me here now. Um, <laughs> you know what's insane is there's like, I think there's, I don't want to misquote, but there's a, a, a big number, five, six, ten college stadiums bigger than the biggest NFL stadium. That's yep. insane to me. It's insane to me that, that and that's just the biggest NFL stadium. You know, like people are like, oh, yep. I went to watch the Chiefs play. That place is amazing. And I'm like, dude, the Razorback Stadium holds more than that. Like, it's just crazy to me uh, how these stadiums are built and and the massive turnout and you know, Arkansas versus Texas sold out 76,000 seats and they were selling tickets that normally sell for 50 bucks, like 500. And I'm wow. like, good Lord, man, like college football and, and hunting season. There's no better time than right now because we're yeah. getting ready for hunting season and we get to watch football. Now I will say this, don't watch football in the tree stand. I've scared off a lot of deer. Like when my team gets scored <laughs> on and I'm like, gosh, dang it. And then deer run off. Um, that's hilarious. So that's my best advice for you is don't watch football when you're in the tree stand, especially if you get mad a lot. Uh, and if you cheer for a team like Arkansas, you get mad a lot. If, so, you, if you think about it, though, the change um, the change in the way we hunt now with mobile technology is a lot different than it used to be. Whereas you could like you could literally get into a whole game with your your, your earbuds in and your phone if you have Internet and where you're, wherever not Internet, even just, you know, your phone works. You can watch a whole football game sitting in your tree stand and like, yeah. yeah, you might miss the deer. You might, you might like be looking down and walks by or, but it does make the time go by a lot faster. It's like a oh, whole different insane. level of hunting than it, what it used to be for our grandparents and stuff where they just had to sit there. Now there's times I go out there. I just put my phone in the bag. Don't even look at it. Cause it's so nice just to get some air, but there's other times I go and I actually get a lot, a lot of work done when I'm sitting there. <laughs> so, yeah. 
It's kind of nice. No. It gives you that option now. Man, I've, I've, you know, I've taken, <laughs> maybe I should, if my boss listens to this, I might get in trouble. <laughs> um, you know, I've taken conference calls, you know, like our Pope and Young conference calls. I'll take them in the tree stand and, yeah. uh, and I'll just text and say, Hey, I'm not going to talk. I'm hunting, but I'll listen. And, uh, I mean, it's just crazy, man, the way, how far, and going back to season report, you know, used to, you have yeah, to, that's cool. I, I remember a perfect example. Um, I was hunting out of state and a bobcat comes by. And so I was like trying to get on the state's website and figure out if I could harvest it or not. And, uh, like I'm trying to get through and it's all clunky. It's all like, you know, I couldn't get through it. And and, like the moment I saw a season report, I'm like, good Lord, had I had that, I could have just popped it open and seen it immediately. And it's just crazy how far technology has come and how, you know, (laughs) we don't even realize how much it's changed the way we hunt. I mean, until you really take it, take a step back and, and I respect my dad immensely as a hunter. Um, but me and my dad were talking not too long ago and he hopped in my truck and I had a wise eye trail camera sitting there and that's a, a cellular trail camera. And he's like, dude, what's those things on top of that? And I'm like, that's antennas that, you know, text you the pictures or whatever. And he's like, good Lord, you're such a girl. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, I don't even, he's like, dude, I stopped using trail cameras. He's like, I got tired of, of the anxiety that builds around trail cameras. And, and the anxiety that builds around to hunt. And I just want to go out and sit in a tree stand. And when something walks by, I'll get excited and shoot it, you know? And, uh, and yeah. that, that, just that statement made me pull back and think like, man, technology has changed so much about the way we hunt. And sometimes we don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, um, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, like, for, well, for instance, a good, that just happened to me, actually. We were, my, it was a youth weekend. So I started my week last week. I took the week off. Started my week last week going on that bear hunt. And then on Friday, I decided to come back, take my son youth hunting because it was that weekend, uh, this past weekend. And I, I wanted to make sure I got back in time. So I, I left the upper peninsula on Friday morning, um, around, 12 30 in the afternoon i didn't get home to like nine <laughs> it just takes forever but anyway so we were hunting and you know in the 4 30 a.m the our phone went off that there was a buck at the spot and we're like oh yeah here we go we're getting you know so we snuck in at six no problem and never saw that deer you know we just assumed that he would hang out in the area next to us the woods and come back out you know at dawn or you know at, at daybreak but it never happened so it was just kind of like we were all anticipating to see this deer, but never saw nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just remember back and, you know, not that I'm so old that trail cameras didn't exist when I was a, a youth, but, uh, you know, we were just broke and didn't know it, you know, and, uh, you know, just dumb high school kids. And, you know, we go out and sit in a tree and a deer stroll by and we get fired up and we'd shoot it. You know, now now you've got a trail camera out and you've got a list of deer you're going to shoot and a list of deer you're not going to shoot. And you're like, <laughs> well, it's a shooter. It's a shooter next year. It's a shooter in two years. And yeah. And, and then a deer walks out and you already know whether you're going to shoot it or not. And it's just like, man, like it kind of ruins the joy of it. And, yeah. and again, I'm a trail camera guy. Um, I run them all the time. Uh, but thinking back, I'm like, man, one year I'm going to have at least one property where I don't have a single camera up I don't know what's out there. I don't know where it's coming from or when it's coming. I'm just going to go sit and hunt. And if a deer walks out that fires me up, I'll shoot it. Yeah. That's kind of like it is here, though. In Michigan, we don't have the luxury of having, like, a buck list. It doesn't work. At least majority of people here. I'm not saying everybody. But, like, you know, we don't have that. Like, we don't see, like, 
a 140, a 150, and a 160 and say, oh, we're going to pass on the 140. It just doesn't happen here. So here we'll yeah. see a, a 100, a 90, an 80, and, you know, 110. A 120 is like a huge shooter. Like, oh, you see a 120, you're shooting it, you know. So very yeah. rarely do we see bucks. Um, we have 300 acres we lease, and very rarely do we have a monster buck on our land. But we have had it. So we had a 150-inch deer a couple years in a row. He was there one year. We missed him three times, believe it or not. Three different, you know, two different. I missed him twice. And Jamie missed him once. <laughs> I didn't want to get into that story. So anyway, that all I think we need that. a loop back to no, that story. No, that's what a crossbow <laughs> does to you. And you're so used to a compound. Bad idea. So you, you would think people always talk so much junk about how crossbows. Oh, it's so easy. You just pull the trigger. I missed the biggest buck of my life twice with a crossbow. To keep that in mind to people. When I could have had my compound, I probably smoked it. And yeah. So anyway, but long, so anyway, he, he would, this buck, and it was the biggest buck there. I mean, everybody wanted to shoot this buck, you know, and it, it kept like, it was like running out in the middle of the field, 400 yards from any edge, you know, there's no trees on the field and he'd be mating does out there. It was crazy. Like we snuck up on him. We, we actually belly crawled, belly crawled 400 yards to get to this buck. And we did it. We got within 60 yards, 70 yards. And with the crossbows, we pulled the crossbow. This is actually pretty cool. So we cocked the crossbow, but we didn't, and we we tied it to our ankles, and we dragged it with us as we crawled, so we could crawl with our hands in front of us, and it worked. It was unbelievable. And was it a pair X crossbow? It was not. That's why <laughs> I you wish missed. it was. That's why I missed. That's why I don't <laughs> want to get into it. So I, I pulled it around to the front, and there's the, you know, it was just terrible. We both missed, which is worse, right? Two guys, two bows, two shots, and we still miss. It was just bad and bad. And, I, you know, I don't want to blame broadheads or anything, but i never seen an arrow fly so untrue in my life. Like, I fired, and it just went hard left. I never seemed to right. like it. Like not even like straight line just started cutting off. I mean, at 68 yards away, just imagine it just going like four or five feet to the left. You're like, what? And then after that, we were just like, this is, we just want to throw off, you know, like, get it, let's get out of here. This is so stupid. If you had a gun, it would have been lights out, but it wasn't gun season, unfortunately. So it couldn't. But. No, it's funny that you say that about the size of deer because, um, on my basement wall, I'm not, I'm not huge on taxidermy. Uh, I mean, I love taxidermy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not big on spending money on taxidermy. Um, so I've just got a lot of European mounts. Um, it has to be a true giant for me to shoulder mount it. And, uh, and I've got on on one of my walls, I've got three European mounts and, uh, and two of them are, are pretty good sized Kansas deer. And then one of them is this dinky little 110. And, uh, everybody walks in and they're like, dude, I don't get why that one's, on your wall. Like I don't even get why you shot that one. And I'm like, well, let me explain to you first and foremost, I grew up in Arkansas and, uh, that was not only the first year I shot with a bow. Um, but that's a giant for Arkansas like that. Like that's a giant. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's like a, a, a real good deer for Arkansas. And it's just funny how people don't understand. Like these guys who grow up in the Midwest and these guys who grow up hunting, giants and they grow up you yeah. know seeing, seeing 250 pound deer and seeing and i'm like dude that deer weighed 100 pounds and it was massive and uh they're like no way dude yeah but it's just funny how how like size is so relative like if i you know if i go to arkansas and i shoot a 110 120 i'm jacked you know like that's like 
And, and mm-hmm. so I always tell people, and, and I, I need to get this like on a t-shirt or something, but I always tell people, just know your trophy, like know the area you're hunting and, and, and know the trophies for that area. Uh, because when I first moved to Kansas, man, I got ready to pull the trigger on a 120, and the guy I was hunting with was like, no, 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 no. I can't shoot that. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't shoot that, dude? It's a giant. He's like, no, dude, that's a stinking two-year-old deer. You're not shooting it. And, uh, you know, I didn't know the trophies in the area. And so I always just tell people, just know your trophy, man. Uh, Like, for instance, this year I'm hunting with a recurve. I promise you a fork and horn's a trophy. Like, if a fork and horn steps out... If a fork and horn is in in range, it's getting shot because that's a trophy for me. Yeah. Um, so just know your trophy, man. That's that's what I always tell people. Uh, you know, a 120 in Michigan is is just as good as me that's shooting a 160 deer. in Kansas. <laughs> I yeah. always say, you know, my whole thing too is like I just, you know, I tell people, especially, you know, fill your freezer. It's number one. So you decide if you want to shoot a doe. We, we, we all shoot the little bucks here because we know it's not like – gonna be any big deal you know no one's gonna be like oh look at that monster you know so we're like yeah just shoot the does so we our focus has always been like well if, if it's not like a 110 or up basically we're gonna shoot it and the 110 again here is like a big deal i mean generally when you see a buck here it's like a four corn a, a button buck which we pass on because we feel it's just too easy with with what we have it's like you know what why shoot that let it go maybe it will grow you know, there are places in Michigan where they push that, you know, and it's great and it works. And we do abide by those county rules. And they're not county. They're basically like a group of people, right, that are doing that in that area. Or if you hunt someone's land, they might tell you, hey, it's six or better, which we know, like you and I and people who are in the industry, that doesn't mean anything. A six or better is not a three and a half or a four and a half year old deer. It could be a, two, a one and a half. You know what I mean? Like. It doesn't mean it's still a shooter, realistically. Yeah, but that's my, whatever. My biggest pet peeve is when somebody's like, "How many points was it?" And I'm like, eight. And they're like, "Oh, you shot an eight point?" And I'm like, "Dude, it was 140 inch eight. And they're like, "What?" Yeah. And like they just <laughs> think like the more points, the better. And I'm like, "No, you're missing it here." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's like my pet peeve, man. It's not like the problem with Michigan is it's, it's it's been so embedded in everyone here who hunts that you shoot, it's brown, it's down, you. It's it's just a different mentality here. It's unfortunate because you'll never see the the caliber of bucks that you see in these other states. But at the same time, you know, I look at it in different ways. People are out there having fun. They're eating venison. They're getting outside. I don't know if I care. You know, it's like you know, it's nice to go. Like I said, you you shoot a doe, you shoot a buck. My kids go out and shoot whatever they want. I can care less. You know, hey, you want to shoot a button buck? Oh. Shoot a button buck. Because you got the tag, Trust you me. pay for it. You know. Trust so, me. As as like I said, growing up in Arkansas, I one hundred percent understand what you're saying. You know, you got guys, my dad used to hunt with this old man and, and he used to tell me these stories and, and I was alive. I, I don't mean that this was like before I was alive, but, uh, you know, he'd be like, there was a field of deer and, and I'd say, okay, take your shot, you know, pick which one you want to shoot. And he'd say, you know, that guy would shoot and the, the field would clear out and he'd be like, oh, that's okay, man. They'll come back. You know, just, let's just wait. And he's like, what do you mean? I dropped it right where it was. And my dad would look and like, sure enough, he shot like the smallest doe out there. And, uh, you know, all the big does left and the old man picked out the smallest one in the, in the field. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I 100% understand what you mean, but at the same time, you know, people ask me like, why do you go back to Arkansas to hunt? And I'm like, because what I've done by going back to Arkansas is I've taken off all the pressure of shooting huge deer and I just go and have fun. And, and if yeah. a doe comes out, I'll shoot it. If, a you know, a, a small basket six comes out that, you know, is 80 inches, I'll shoot it. Um, you know, it's just, it's just me and my dad out in the field, yeah. out in the woods, having fun. 
and uh, I've taken off the bird, but also you'll see a lot more deer. You know, you go, you go sit in, in, yeah. in southern Arkansas, sure, the does weigh 80 pounds, but you'll see 100 of them um, as opposed to, you know, 150, 160-pound <laughs> does. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a different ball game, man, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, it was interesting to me because I went to Ohio. We hunted in Ohio. We went to went to an outfitter in Ohio, and they had a rule that it was 140 or better. And if you didn't shoot a 140, it was a $2,500 fine. And I remember, like, feeling like, God, the pressure of this is, like, so overwhelming. Like, I don't see 140s every single day. So, like, for me to know a 140 isn't, like, the easiest thing, right? Like, I, I, a 140 to me could be a 130, right? Because you're so used to seeing 110s and 120s. So, like, I remember being very nervous about it, and my point is I hated it. Like, I was like, this is stupid. Why am I even here? Like, I don't want this pressure. I want to go out and hunt and relax and enjoy myself. So, like, those type of things, like, if you, you know, it, it just, I just tell people to recommend to people is just, you know, careful what you're doing, understand what you're doing, because when you sign up for these things, there are rules sometimes, and you got to follow those rules, unfortunately, and, you know, you just know what you're signing up for, I guess, is my point. Yeah. No, uh, me and Alec, um, we took a trip with some other guys down to South Texas and we roll into the outfitter and, and I'm not going to name any names, but we roll into the outfitter and, uh, they had a, 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 a binder full of rules. I mean, it was, it was, you know, if it's going to be, if it's three and a half, it's got to be over 140. If it's eight points, it's got to be over 135. If it's three and a half and 10 points, it has to be, oh, my God. If, it's, if it's a 10 with a broken tine, it has to be whatever. If it's, if it's got any kind of kickers, it has to be. And me and Alec, I remember the first night we 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 set together the first night, and uh, and I remember like seeing deer, and I'm like, dude, I just don't know. Like, you know, <laughs> like you said, there was fifteen hundred dollar fines and, and, nervous. and yeah, you're like two thousand dollar fines, and I saw a giant, and we never ended up having a shot at it, but I saw a giant, and. Uh, you know, Alec was asking me like, well, could we have shot it? You know? And I'm like, dude, I will not be the one to tell you to pull your bow because I do not want to be the one that yeah. makes you pay 1500 bucks, you know? And, uh, it was just, we ended up leaving. Like we ended up, I called another buddy, um, who's an outfit down there. And I'm like, Hey dude, we got ourselves in a situation. I need to find somewhere to hunt. He's like, come on over. And we ended up just leaving that place. Like it was just the pressure and you can't even enjoy the hunt anymore. And you know, that goes back to, yeah. of course, you know, my properties here in Kansas, I, of course, I don't find myself, but we put that pressure on us of, well, that deer I already said was too young and that deer already said needed a pass. And, and, and then you're like, man, I really want to shoot it. Like it got my blood pumping and I want to shoot it, but no, I know, you know, and we just build that pressure up so much. And, you know, sometimes I want to tell people just forget about it, man. And just, if it fires you up and you want to shoot it, shoot it. Yeah. Well, that's the nice part about hunting. Like, when you go hunting with a friend or friend's land, you definitely try to abide by the rule, but you might make a mistake, but you're not going to be crucified for making a mistake it, or you're not going to pay a huge bill. Generally, you know, there's going to be some stars in there and some beers, but other than that, it's, it's acceptable in a way, right? It's, it's just not acceptable, but you know, it's okay. It's not like you're going to be in trouble, which those other ones, I, I was like, dang, man, that's like, it's crazy. But you were speaking earlier about, you brought up the mounts, like getting mounts done and stuff. When I was in Texas, I hunted exotics and I went to a ranch there, uh, Lazy CK Ranch. It was awesome. I had an absolutely amazing time. And the guy, uh, Justin at the time, took me out. He took me out and filmed everything for me. And it was great because, you know, he told you what to shoot, right? It was easy. I didn't have to worry about it or think about it. He's like, oh, that one on the left, you can shoot that one or, you know, shoot that axis buck, whatever. 
But when I had the mounts done down there, and I had the, which was a decent amount of money, but I didn't account for getting them to Michigan. And apparently, you can't just like ship that FedEx. They have to drive it up in a truck, and it was like five hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, it's insane, man. My, I, I've got a friend who's a taxidermist, and and uh, but he's in PA, and uh, I'm like, "Man, I would love to use you, but you know, you've got I've got to charge basically double just to get anything back I get mounted." Yeah, and uh, and, and and I'm lucky because. One of the places we hunt down in Texas, um, they own a taxidermy, a taxidermy shop as well. And so we go and hunt and we'll just leave it till the next year we get there. And, uh, you know, then we go back to hunt and get our taxidermy from last year. Um, so it's, it's really a, a good deal. But, man, that's why Texas is just so – Texas is so incredible because it's so game rich. But it also gives you such a variety. And I'm not even talking about – obviously you can go inside a high fence and shoot whatever you want. But I mean, you've got free ranging all dad, you've got free ranging axis, you've got free ranging elk and black buck and, and deer. I mean, it's just, it's incredible what all you can go to Texas and hunt that is in fact free ranging. I mean, I remember, yeah, I remember this, you know, earlier this year driving down to Texas and, uh, we passed a field and they were quite a ways off. And we're like, what are those out there? And we get our binos out, and they're black bucks. I mean, just Jeez. out in the field, you know. Not they weren't in a fence. They weren't. They were just out in the field roaming. And I'm like, this is insane, the amount of different stuff that you can hunt in Texas. And and you know, you can come out here and spend a week and hunt twenty different animals. It's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yep, I don't know, man. So what's coming up for <laughs> what's coming up for Bowhunter Planet this year? Yeah, so we've been, you know, I, I, I got, uh, we've been doing a lot of the podcasting, so that's been kind of our big thing recently, just spent a lot of time. We got to interview some really cool people, actually, and there's a lot of great content coming up that we're about to post, um, so excited about that. We we had just finished up the Golden Air Awards, um, which uh, Bear Archer did win part of that, and so a Trophy Ridge, so that's exciting uh, for them, and, you know, it, it, it was a good time to get that going and kind of get the companies the, some love they deserve, right, from the consumers and from us. So that was kind of cool. Um, but our team is actually slowly splitting in two because we're we have we're launching the Gun Hunter Planet section of our business now, and so we've been working on that on the side as a new podcast. So it'll be a different. Not, I mean, it'll be part of our main team, but different team. So it won't be like me on there. It'll be other people. So we're slowly kind of separating that off a little bit uh, to engage with the the gun hunters of the world, uh, mainly because you know we just we don't wanna, we don't want to leave a stone unturned with hunting community, and we're trying to figure out a way to bring those guys in as well. And you know, there's stuff that can work between both, which we really um, love to get involved with. Like for instance, ATVs or you know binoculars or scent control. Like all that stuff goes between both anyway. So we figured there's a lot of harmony between going that route. We just need a separate team doing it because obviously I don't want to lose focus on what I'm doing with Bowen or Planet. I love doing it. It's been a great time um, for me. And so it, it just makes more sense that, you know, because a lot of times, you know, only a couple of us are doing the majority of the work on one segment, right? So like I'm doing the majority of the work on the podcast and on the Test Lab series, which is our show that go it like reviews products in archery and so 
there's other guys then who help with that, but they don't really do anything after that. Right. So we're like, well, maybe instead of help at all, just go focus on this. Right. <laughs> Here's something you can go do, you know? So that's kind of how it spun, spun off, you know? Now what, uh, what awards did Baron trophy trophy Ridge win? We got to, we got to loop back to that. You can't yeah, just skim yeah, over yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, bear archery won third place in compound bow of the year company. And, I they now, were you said compound bow company of the year, not one particular bow, correct? Correct, yeah, but the compound section. So in the compound section, they got bronze um, for uh, well votes as consumer votes. So uh, they were they got that for their uh, bow brand, yeah. So for mainly for compound because that was the compound award. But and then Trophy Ridge won the gold award for quiver of the year, which let's be honest, I mean that quiver's bad bones. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> who with the green light on the inside and outside? I mean, come on. I mean, that Dude, was don't like, get no, me started, beating man. Don't, nothing's beating I, that. <laughs> listen, I know people will just say, "Well, you have to say that. You have to say that." I know, I know that that. But listen, I was a fan of tight spot for the longest time. That's all I ran on my bows, and then yeah. I stumbled upon the at what the time it wasn't the hex light; it was the the light lock or something, you know. Um, but I remember when that quiver came out, and I remember thinking, looks like it would work like a tight spot, but I know it's not going to be as good. Like, I remember thinking that. And uh, finally, I got my hands on one, and I'm like, wait a minute. This thing has all the functions of a tight spot, but it has more functions. Like, it has more features than a tight spot, but it still functions the exact same as a tight spot. I can get it in as close to my riser as I want. I can, I can adjust the, how far in and out it comes. If there's any tilt to it, I can adjust all those things. But also, tight spot doesn't, maybe they've changed since then, but when I was running them, they didn't have a, a hook on the hood. You know, you couldn't hang it in a tree next to you. Trophy Ridge had that, and I'm, that's an easy fix. You know, I used to just put a piece of paracord on my tight spots, but this already had it. Um, this And this had the lights you said the lights built in and I never knew how big of a role those would play. Like I remember thinking like, well, that's cool. Uh, but I never knew how much I would actually use the lights. I I've yeah. eliminated the need to carry a light into my tree stand. I've completely taken something out of my pack because now I just use the light on the hood of my quiver to get to my tree stand in the mornings. And then the light inside the hood, when you're getting something out of your pack or you're putting an arrow back in or whatever, that thing is invaluable. Like I use that so much in the tree stand, it's crazy. So absolutely, the quiver deserved. That's very well deserving of an award. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah, I didn't think anybody's gonna be able to beat him on that one. I just that to me has always been like this thing is unbelievable, you know. Uh, and then they actually won silver in rest, uh, best rest brand as well. Um, so again, you know, you and I've talked about the whisker biscuit, but it's really hard to beat that rest. I mean, it's always been easiest most reliable, you know, rest in the market, realistically. And I say it all the time, and nothing to do with Trophy Ridge work with me or anything. I, I, <laughs> it's a great product, you know. It's it's really hard to beat, honestly. Yeah. I had this, this. if you listen to the show, um, I'm about to talk about you, um, so I'm sorry. But somebody, I posted a video of my wife shooting, and uh, this kid comments and said, well, maybe now it's time to upgrade her to a dropaway rest. And uh, I'm like, okay, like what, what's an upgrade about it? You know, can you, can you share with me why it's an upgrade? And, uh, didn't have much to say, but I just commented back and I said, well, I myself haven't, uh, I, I switched back to a whisker biscuit after 10 years of a drop away. 
Um, and I upgraded to a whisker biscuit and, uh, I was just like, man, come on. Like, don't, don't put out those kind of stuff. Like I understand if you think a drop away is better, but don't use it. Don't, don't put it out there in terms of what I use is better than what you use. Just because you like it more doesn't make it better. Just because something that you, something that you decide to use doesn't make anything better. And so I never want to use the words like when I'm talking to someone, I, I never want to use the words upgrade or, or why don't you, you know, I, yeah. I just say, well, have you ever tried this? Or, you know, I prefer this. I, I don't want to put, put what they shoot down in any way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, that's always part of the, you know, keyboard warriors. Unfortunately, it's, you know, we, <laughs> I get stuff all the time like that. I mean, that's, that's I'm like, sure you uh, probably get it more than me. I get that daily. I mean, we get something daily. Like, this guy's got the worst draw cycle I've ever seen. And, <laughs> you know, where's yeah. this guy learn to shoot? You know, just so many things. It's just so negative all the time. But, yeah, you know, I feel like people just, I think they forget sometimes that, you know, this isn't like, this is, this is you know, it's, it, you they make everything out like it's make or break, you know, it's like everybody does everything different. You know, my shot, the way I shoot or whatever, which is not bad by any means. Um, it, you know, I've killed tons of deer with my bow. It's not, you know what I mean? Like everybody's different, you know? So it's like, number one, yeah. there should be no comments about someone, you know, the way they shoot their bow or, you know, the products they use. It's really kind of dumb. I mean, literally dumb. I mean, cause you, when you talk about a bow, right? Everybody's like, oh, this bow's better than this bow, blah, blah, blah. Like, bear getting bronze, why not gold, right? The thing is, is every one of those bows are going to kill deer. Every single one of them will kill any animal that you shoot at it. So what really makes it better or worse, right? I mean, that's the thing. People, for some reason, a lot, you know, we've done well, but I think we could have done better. This sounds really bad. But we could do really better if we were extremely critical. And what happens when you're extremely critical, right? You're basically saying things that I don't want to say aren't true, but basically are just, you're just bashing on companies for fun. You know, you could be critical about anything in life. I could say my tires are garbage on my car or my tennis racket, the string is the worst thing ever made. You know, why would they put this on here? I could say that about anything, but at the end of the day, all those bows will kill deer and do it very effectively and efficiently. So that that's the point, right? Yeah, sure. You can be a person in the industry that's just going to bash companies for the hard work they're trying to do just because you don't like one little thing they did, you know? So I just, and I do feel like I could have grown a lot more if we did do it that way. But then I thought, you know, I'm not going to be like that. It's not me. I'm not going to project some fake, you know, algorithm just to make people want to watch the show because there's all this controversy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just silly. Well, and you know, two things to your point. Um, most of the things that people do bash is all opinion. Like, correct. Like, where did opinion. you come up with? <laughs> w- what kind of formula did you come up with to decide that that bow is is more accurate? Uh, your shooting, you shoot a bow yep. better, so it's more accurate. Or, man, this bow's so much quieter. Really, I didn't see you measure noise. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't never. Yeah. You never gave any kind of data. Um, you're just saying what you thought to be quieter. Or, or, or people like bash a grip on a bow. I'm like, really? Well, some people might love that grip. So who are you to say this yeah. is the worst bow ever created because of a grip on a bow? And, uh, you know, this really didn't run me the wrong way until I started becoming friends with the guys inside of Bear Archery. And, uh, you know, you meet and, and you become buddies with some of these engineers and and you, you hear the way they the, the way they talk about these new bows and the work that went into it and the hours that went into it and the and the 
the microscopic changes on a bow to try to get it perfect. And, you know, then you got to rerun it again and, and run all these tests again and then make a, 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 a millimeter change again. And, and I mean, it's just, you hear that and then you see the bow launch and you've got all these guys saying, this is junk. Why would you create this? And I'm like, man, like somebody worked hard to do that. Like somebody yeah. worked really hard. A whole team of people worked really hard to do that. And it's I'm like, even, from- but the bashing's not even, it's not even like, it's, 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 it's all brand perception. It's not even about the bow at that point. It 100%. doesn't even matter anymore. It's, 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 I don't shoot that bow. So I'm going to bash you because I want to justify my purchase. So that's yeah. all it is. It's always like that. People are, for some reason, I don't know why, but they just, they want to crave some sort of fight. And I don't know why it is. They, they constantly are doing that, especially right. with all the bow brands. It's like, dude, none, none of these bows are better than the other. Honestly, they're all amazing bows. These, they're all engineered uh, with the greatest technology. All these people, I've been to multiple bow shops, not even bow shops. I said that wrong. I've been to multiple bow companies and seen their processes. And it's amazing. Like every one of them does something amazing. They work super hard. They design things. Sure, some things are going to be cooler than others later in life. Some things are, um, maybe some things were put on there as a, uh, to try to catch attention, right? I get it. You have to make money. You have to sell bows. You have to come up with something different than the next guy. You can't just do the same thing every single time. It's not going to work, you know? Well, and I, I got in trouble one time. Uh, this last year, I got in trouble. Um, dude commented and, and bashing a bow launch from Bear and, and, I look at his profile and he seemed to have been uh, an electrician. And so I commented back and I said, man, wouldn't it really suck if somebody come and watch you do your job? And they were like, Oh, can't believe you would splice it that way. I can't believe you'd run it that way. I can't believe you'd tie that in there. I can't believe you do that there. (laughs) This looks like junk. This house is going to burn down. You're going to kill people with this. Like you're, I'm like, man, wouldn't that suck? And, and the dude kind of just went speechless. I mean, he still commented back, but I was like, do you get it now? Like this is somebody's job. Like they're putting, hard work into this and they're they're spending a year on sometimes more than a year you know i mean this 2022 launch they could have been working on in 2019 i mean they're they're spending years of their life to develop these products just so you somebody who knows nothing about developing a bow can comment and say this is junk yeah no i for sure agree you know it's interesting this year what's happened i was going to say to you um so I've gotten a lot of comments, and this is something I, so when I started, uh, we started doing reviews, we would just get, you know, we would call the bow company and say, Hey, can you send us a bow to review? And, you know, they would say yes or no. And then we go from there and right. And over time, you know, almost all of them, I would say 95% of them do it today now, but, but most of the time, you know, the companies were always sending their top premier bows. And so this past year, I said to Alec, you know, I really want to cover your middle ground bows and lower cost options. And that is like struck like home. Like I have seen so many comments, um, you know, the legit video, 15,000 views on YouTube alone. Right. Like, but the, the people are commenting like, thank you. No one's doing this. No one, no one's showing off. These bows are in the middle. We can't all afford, you know, nine, eight, nine, eight, nine, you know, a thousand dollars, whatever, you know? So I just, this is one of the reasons Bear has been so great is their variety of bows. And I've said it time and time again, and they won, we gave them an award this year, an honorable award uh, for doing that called, um, we were calling it the, uh, what do we call it? Support the Heritage. And so they got a gold award for that because they're their variety. So now they have a bow, compound bow, and they're great bows. They also, and kids as well. And then you have 
Cajun archery. So you're covering, you're covering the bow fishing. Then you have the, the crossbow, you're covering the crossbow market and trad and you're covering trad. So, I mean, it was really hard to not give them that award this year because it was just like, these guys see it, you know, they're the ones trying to promote and build the heritage of archery. No and doubt. That's why, um, that, and, and I've said it a thousand times and I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it, but that's my love for bear archery. I mean, when bear archery releases their new line, I can look through that catalog and I can go, oh, snap, there's a new bow for my daughter. Oh, snap, yep. there's a new bow for my wife. Oh, daddy's getting a new recurve. Oh, I like that <laughs> compound. Oh, I'm going to order my dad a new crossbow. Like, I can look and find a bow for everyone and anyone. And like you said, bow fishing and traditional and compounds and midline compounds. And and no matter what, I can find a bow. And uh, it's just... And then, like you said, man, and going back to what you said about all bows shooting, shooting and shooting effectively and killing deer effectively, uh, my wife's running the legit. And, uh, I remember shooting that thing and I'm like, oh my gosh, how is this bow 350 bucks? I mean, how this bow is a flat out performer. And, uh, you know, I, I remember somebody asked me, they called me and said, Hey, Dylan, I'm, I, I'm wanting to get into archery. What should I get? And I said, dude, the bear legit by far. And, uh, and they were like, well, it's, it's only a $350 bow. You think it's going to be good? And, uh, I'm like, dude, just get the bow, you know? And, uh, you know, that's actually, I told, I told somebody the other day, they said, well, would you actually ever hunt with it? And I said, well, I can promise you this. If I was to go on a backcountry hunt and I wanted to have a backup bow with me that I could get to easily and accessible, I would take my wife's bow and I would put it to 28 inches and 70 pounds. And that's the backup bow that I would take. And, uh, because I know that if something happened to my, my redemption, that I could grab that bow and be just fine. And, yeah. uh, but that's what I, I, I really, I love companies that put out information, which is why I've been a fan of Bowhunter Planet for a long time. Um, which is why I'm a huge fan of people like Three Rivers. Um, you know, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, uh, Three Rivers, I live and die by for traditional information. Uh, because being somebody who is new to traditional archery, there's a lot of stuff I needed. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of information I needed. So I would call Three Rivers and just, you know, beg them for information. I'm like, how do I tune this arrow? How do I, how do I, you know, I'm getting a tear left and I can't get it out. What do I do? And so, you know, places that obviously Three Rivers sells all the products as well, but, but places who are willing to give out information and, and give it to you, you know, for free, just for benefit. I'm like, that's why I love Bowhunter Planet. That's why I love guys like Three Rivers, Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear. Uh, you know, I could keep going on and on. John Dudley, you know, these guys who throw out information and make me a better archer and make me better understand equipment, it's invaluable. And so from the bottom of my heart, Dave, I just want to say thank you for all that you guys do because that information is valuable. And, and you know, obviously you guys know that. That's why you put it out. But, um, you know, I still, I love to go and watch uh, you guys' reviews and your thoughts on bows and your thoughts on on sites and rest. And, and so... Keep doing what you're doing, man, because it, it makes a difference. I promise. Thank you. Appreciate that. So you've been on the show before. You know what I'm about to ask you. What's one field note you've taken over the years um, that I can take and put in my back pocket and make myself a better sportsman with? Mm. I, you know, mine's always been, like I said, I just, for me, it's fill the freezer. Honestly, it's just take your time, relax, enjoy yourself. Don't put the pressure. I, I just don't see the need to put the pressure on for which deer you're shooting and all that. But I get it. I understand some people that's what they're doing specifically. They're out there hunting a certain deer. But I would just say don't sweat the small stuff and enjoy what's in front of you. Because I think a lot of times 
we all get busy with everything we're doing and we really just don't pay attention. I did a video uh, this past week when I was up, um, I was up uh, bear hunting. I was driving and I never like pull over or do anything usually. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pull over. And I, so I pulled over and I decided, I was like, you know, I should create a quick little video telling people to like enjoy what they're seeing because this is something I want to remember, honestly. So I did this video just saying, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Lake Superior, you know. This is the stuff you need to stop and take a look at when you're doing these adventures because it's like this part of the adventure. And just sometimes you don't think of it that way. You just think, oh, it's the hunt, it's the hunt, it's the hunt. But there's a lot more to that, right? And in making sure you don't miss that stuff because you're not paying attention is really, really important. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And I, you know, to further that piece of advice, my advice would be to say, um, don't be okay with a happy medium. Like you don't have to be a trophy hunter or a freezer hunter. You can be both. You know, you could, you could, that's why I, I love and admire guys like Fred Eichler because they shoot these giants and you're just like, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be nice? But then you see Fred shoot a doe and he's like fired up and amped up and he's jumping up and down, hooping, hollering. And you could tell it's a genuine excitement because he's learned. I don't always have to be a trophy hunter and I don't always have to be a meat hunter. So be okay with either one and be okay with a happy medium of both, but just find what makes you happy about hunting and do that. Um, Dave, thank you so much for coming on, man. Where can they find you at? Where can they find Bowhunter Planet at? Yep, you can find us online anywhere. You just type Bowhunter Planet in your search engine. You'll see it all over the place. So appreciate it. Check us out. Check out the podcast. It's a lot of fun and uh, a lot of good times. Yeah, you've had a couple really good-looking guests on your podcast before. Um, you know, I remember I remember one guy. Um, he was accompanied by a dude named Jason. Um <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good looking chat. No. The Dylan guy? Yeah. No, guys, oh, yeah. go check out go check out <laughs> Bow Hunter Planet. Uh, because like I said, they're 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 a wealth of knowledge and uh and, and it's just a, a a place where you can go and and digest information on all bows from all companies and all broadheads from all different places and sites and rest and and so go check out Bowhunter Planet because I'm a huge fan of people who give me information and help me better understand my equipment. And Bowhunter Planet is one of those. So go check out Bowhunter Planet. They're not only great friends of Bear Archery, but they're great for the industry and great for all hunters because they give that information. Guys, like I said, stay tuned because here in a few episodes, we're going to announce a massive giveaway for a hunt with me down in Texas and our friends at Texas Hunting Resources. So stay tuned for that. But guys, thanks for listening. You guys have a great week. And with seasons kicking off, good luck this fall. And if you get lucky and if you harvest an animal, shoot me over a picture. I'd love to see it. Thehunting101podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to get your success photos and share those with everybody. So make sure and send them over to me. Guys, thanks for listening. Dave, thanks for coming on. Y'all have a great week. Peace.